much does a pot of jollof rice cost you to make these days? Your pot of jollof, when was the last time you even made jollof rice, Seth? Let's even start there. And then how much did it cost you to make it? We're talking about cost of food today. Between the border closure and COVID-19 and the lockdowns, we've been seeing a steady increase in the cost of living for the past five um, uh, um, quarters. Now, yesterday's big hard fact, according to the Jollof Index from SBM Intelligence, it now costs on average over 7,000 naira to cook a pot of Jollof rice for a family of five anywhere in Nigeria. Now, I like using the Jollof Index because it's a very simple way to talk about a complex topic like uh, food inflation. By the way, if you go back to August 2019, the Jollof Index was 6,000 naira. You go back to 2016 and it was 4,000 naira. So clearly prices are going up. And today we want to look at some of the factors why these prices continue to go up. And uh, it all starts on the farm. And that's why I have a farmer, a big farmer, joining me on the show. She's the founder and CEO of Tomato Joss, one of Nigeria's biggest agro-industrial businesses. Her name is Mira Meta. Welcome back to Hard Facts, Mira. Hello, Mira. Oh, we seem to not have her on the phone anymore. Okay, we're going to try and get her back on the line so she will join us. And uh, as we do that, Lagos, I'm also going to be asking you uh, questions about your food, right? What have food prices in your area been like? Which types of food have been affected the most? If you have any um, aspect, if you are in any aspect of the food business, uh, you have to also uh, give us a call and tell us your experience. If Colette is listening, please uh, try to get Mira back on the line. She seems uh, we seem to have uh, lost the connection to her. So they're doing their best to get her back on the line right now and then we can continue that conversation. In the meantime you can share your thoughts with us on Facebook. You can share your thoughts with us uh, on WhatsApp and you can share your thoughts with us on Twitter. Twitter is at Nigeria Info FM. Facebook is uh, Nigeria Info 99.3 and WhatsApp is OHO 959 Mira we have you back on the line, eh? Yeah, sorry about that. It's okay. So tell us about Tomato Jaws first. Let's talk about Tomato Jaws first of all. What does your company do? It's it's clearly tomato-related, but let's talk about what you do. Sure. Well, Tomato Jaws is a slight misnomer because we're actually located in Kaduna. Hmm. Um, but we are a company that is trying to harness the power of local production for, for local consumption. And what that means is we grow tomatoes. Uh, we also work with a lot of farmers, a couple hundred farmers in Kajuna to grow tomatoes. And we've been doing this for about five years because we've been trying to get the tomato farming very correct so that we can finally launch a tomato paste factory and start producing local tomato paste for the market. Um, we're very excited. This year is a huge growth year for us. After being only farmers for five years, we're finally building a factory this year, and we expect to launch our branded tomato sauce, tomato mix, around this time next year. Hmm, I see. What led you to get into this? Well, a few things. You know, uh, I had spent four years living in Nigeria from 2008 to 2012. Right. And I realized that, you know, from my perspective, I had been working at a nonprofit um, doing health-related work, but I felt like... I could actually have more impact just by being a good employer. Hmm. Um, you know, I saw so much poverty, especially in the rural north, 
And I felt like if I can just provide steady wages to people, it gives them the agency to make their own decisions about what they want to spend their money on, how they want to educate their kids, what kind of a house they want to live in. Um, And I realized that just as an employer, I would only have a limited reach. You know, right now we have about 50 full-time employees and maybe 25 or 30 contracted security workers. Right. But by working in agriculture, we could actually reach way more people. Um, And, you know, our reach has extended to hundreds of farmers in the area where we're farming, um, and they're all getting more income as a result of their work with us. Right. Um, How has COVID-19 affected the tomato business? It's been tough. You know, um, tomato paste is one of those uh, products that the Nigerian government believes strongly we should be able to produce locally. Right. But local production is really low right now. Hmm. Um, And so, you know, with COVID, uh, for us anyway, we had a lot of challenges uh, with our fresh market sales because I'm sure you all will remember Easter weekend, was a lockdown. Right. And Easter weekend is usually our biggest weekend for fresh tomato sale. Right. Um, so we couldn't move our products from Kaduna down to Lagos, down to Port Harcourt, where everybody was celebrating. Well, and nobody was even celebrating because of the COVID. Um, other issues that we face, that our farmers have faced, are a lot of disruptions to the inputs that we buy. So, you know, we buy a lot of fertilizer, we buy seeds. Uh, We grow corn in the rainy season and, you know, we couldn't get the type of seed that we normally use because um, COVID had actually blocked a lot of things from coming into the country. Um, And that that caused a lot of challenges, not just for us, but for farmers, I think, all across the north. And, you know, if we want to talk about food trends, um, I think a lot of the price increases are due to this double of increased demand as the population keeps growing and constricted supply because of these disruptions that took place earlier in the year. Mm. Uh, What are the costs that um, you and others in the value chain incur um, getting the tomatoes from the farm to the plate? How, How did COVID and the lockdown affect those costs? Well, the costs went up, um, but not only that, you know, for us, we were selling a highly perishable product. Mm. Tomatoes will get bad very, very quickly. And during that lockdown, it was very confusing about what trucks and what transit was allowed interstate. So we had truck drivers who would normally drive from Kaduna to Lagos that just said, you know what, I'm not even going to drive. And even if we said, we'll pay you double, we'll pay you triple, just move our product. They actually said, no, we don't think we're allowed to drive. Hmm. Um, Or we think the checkpoints will be so difficult because the government wants to do this lockdown. So, So part of it was an increase in cost and part of it was just the inability to move our goods. I see. All right. Now, tomato is not the... Only ingredient in jollof rice. Um, There's, of course, (laughs) rice. And uh, we've seen um, steep increases in its retail price. As someone who is in the agricultural business, what factors do you think are at play here? I mean, the obvious factor is the border closure. I think, in general, the idea of boosting local production is a good one. Mm -hmm. But the challenge, I think, is that 
the producers really haven't been able to increase their production enough based on the size of the country and the increasing demand from an, a growing population. Right. And so I think that when we when we close the border, mm-hmm. it's this is the short-term pain that economists talk about. And that short-term pain is extremely painful. And, you know, a lot of people think it's not necessarily worth the pain. Maybe there are other ways to boost local production besides an outright border closure. Hmm. Hmm. All right. So uh, one of the obvious ones is the border closure. What other factors do you think there are? Well, I think that the currency devaluation definitely plays a role. Okay. You know, even though um, we talk about local production, mm-hmm. fertilizer prices are linked to the dollar because a lot of fertilizer is imported, mm. right? Um, mm. Seed prices are linked to foreign exchange mm. because they're purchased from China or other places. I see. And so, you know, those things have a big effect on farmers too. Mm. Ah, so we've got uh, a border closure. We've got um, the, the dollar. Do you think you're leaving anything out? Any other factor? Oh gosh. Well, <laughs> in this particular year, yeah. we also saw some weather anomalies hmm. that I think were really challenging. So, so you've got the flooding in, the in uh, Jigawa, for instance. Exactly. Mm. And then some parts of the south also faced a drought yeah. at the same time. And we had some issues in Adamawa. We had some issues in Akiti. We had some issues in Taraba. Those are all places, they grow different crops, but mm. all of those things factor in. Mm. Now, of course, the, the, the government um, can do something about the border closure and can do something about the uh, currency, maybe. But uh, is there anything they can do about the weather? Well, this is a good question. You know, with the farmers in our program, we're trying to help them to become more resilient to climate change and to weather conditions. Mm. So one of the things that we're doing is trying to get farmers able to do dry season farming um, and not to have to rely on rainfall for their crops. Um, that can help them, you know, to keep their fields alive right. if there's a drought in the middle of the season. The other thing, you know, we're very private sector focused. Um, we really try to increase yields for our farmers mm-hmm. and increase profitability. Mm-hmm. And that, in turn, creates savings for them. Mm-hmm. And I think that idea of savings, you know, creates a buffer for farmers where they can have a little breathing room. Mm-hmm. They can still make purchases, mm-hmm. you know, for the next season mm-hmm. with the savings from the previous season. That kind of thing, I think, will make a big difference. Mm-hmm. What does it take to switch to dry season farming? The biggest thing is irrigation. So if you don't get water from the sky, you have to get water from somewhere else. Like Egypt was doing with rice. Exactly. So Mm. Egypt is a great example, both for rice and tomatoes. Mm -hmm. They really utilized that Nile River and made a lot of large-scale infrastructure investments in irrigation Mm. um, to make the irrigation efficient. Mm -hmm. It's much, much more efficient to create a hundred hectare or a thousand hectare irrigation scheme Mm -hmm. than to give a thousand farmers one little pump and tell them to pump one hectare at a time. Hmm. Hmm. And and, and that lays squarely uh, at the the door of government? Well, it's tough. You know, I'm a believer in the private sector. Mm. um, And I think that, you know, government's role is to enable private sector do it fund but to let the private sector do the work and for an irrigation scheme for example Mm. 
my opinion is that you want a private sector company to run that thing like a business, mm-hmm. meaning they're managing the maintenance, they're managing all of the bits and pieces that go into providing water to that land area, and they're then renting out plots to farmers at an affordable price. The government's role could be to come in and subsidize that plot for example, for the first few years Hmm. to get the private sector company able to do this commercially. But at the end of the day, for it to be sustainable, I really think that there has to be a focus on making those services profitable for the farmer and profitable for the service provider. Hmm. Let's talk about uh, onions now. (laughs) (laughs) I joked with someone on air the other day that if if I were at a wedding and they were giving onions away as souvenirs, I would fight people to get mine. (laughs) (laughs) What specifically is contributing to the steep price of onions, Mira? So I think that onions are a really interesting example, and I was hoping you would bring this up because (laughs) this to me is an example of a regional challenge. Um, Onions are grown a lot in Sokoto and in Kaduna and in Kano in the dry season Mm. locations. Mm. Um, I think that the the issues in Sokoto and Jigawa certainly contributed to the lack of supply, but what I think is going on is that the regions that produce onions are just not selling them outside of their region. So in Kaduna, hmm. we're not having the same challenge with onions that we see everybody having in Port Harcourt. And really? Lake. Yeah, it's not as bad. It's still bad, hmm. but they're not. I mean, I'm seeing pictures of people saying 100 naira bought me one onion, mm-hmm. right? 500 naira bought me two onions. Mm-hmm. In Kaduna, we're not yet at that point. Hmm. But we're feeling the pinch in things like gari that are not produced here, but that are produced, you know, farther down south. Mm-hmm. So, so why isn't the onions getting here? Well, I think that there's enough of a consumer base locally, right? So the, the market is finishing before any of these trucks have a chance to go down to Lagos, hmm. um, probably because of a smaller supply than usual. What right? are y'all doing with all the onions? Give us onions! <laughs> <laughs> We're enjoying now. <laughs> Give us onions! <laughs> oh, my. I know, I'm thinking I should just start calling myself Onion Joss. <laughs> <laughs> to be honest, I, I, and that brings me to the next question. What's next for Tomato Joss? What are your next uh, strategic or business goals? Well, you know, selling tomatoes into the fresh market is honestly a terrible business. We're a price taker. We don't get to control where we send our tomatoes because we're just trying to find any market that needs them. And we produce tomatoes when every other farmer is producing tomatoes. Mm. So what's next for us is the move into value add, Mm. meaning the move into a packaged consumer product. Instead of selling tomatoes in bulk, just in the raw tomato form, this year, or let me say in 2021, for the first time, we're going to be processing those tomatoes into paste and then making a retail product in a branded tomato jaw sachet that we can sell at a fixed price because no matter what time of year, the tomato carton will sell at the same price. Hmm. If you could improve three things about the current market, uh, the current system or the economy, what would a farmer like you choose? Ooh, there are so many things. You know, uh, I'm a big believer in basic infrastructure Mm -hmm. as a big boost for productivity in the farms. Mm. And when I say basic infrastructure, I mean roads, 
I mean power, and I mean network. Right. Um, I think that those three things alone would boost productivity immensely in the farming and agricultural areas of this country. I see. Okay. Mira Mehta, thank you so much for talking to us on Hard Facts. I really appreciate it. Thanks for having me, Sandra. Okay. Enjoy your day and send those onions over. (laughs) (laughs) Lagos, let's talk. Let's find out how much your pot of jollof has cost uh, in recent times. How much does it cost to make a pot of jollof rice nowadays? I had a farmer join me on the show and uh, I'd like to find out uh, what food prices have been like in your area. Which types of food have been affected the most? Uh, If you are in any aspect of the food business so you're a farmer you are a seller of farm produce you are a transporter of farm produce you are in logistics any part of the value chain whatsoever you're a processor you make tomato paste please give us a call and talk to us about your experience with the cost of food what do you think about the factors that uh, mira mentioned when i had her on the show mira talked about the border being closed by the way we put up a poll yesterday on twitter and the results for that poll are in and 91 percent 91.5 percent of the voters on Twitter think that uh, uh, the government should reopen the land borders. But we have an 8.5% of voters who think, nope, the borders should stay closed. So anyways, Mira mentions the border as one of the reasons um, that jollof rice is so expensive now. She also talks about um, the the, the, the um, currency uh, value. And she also talked about the weather. Now, there's not a lot that the government can do about, you know, the weather or the currency, really. Or, well, actually, the only thing that they can do something about is the border. Ezekiel is not Hello, Ezekiel. Thanks for calling. Okay. Sandra. Good evening. Thank you for bringing up this topic. Good evening. Good evening. Uh, before, if I want to cook pot of uh, jollof rice, mm. it costs me like two five. Okay. But right now, it costs more than like six thousand something. Mm. I went to market with six thousand. Mm. I didn't even know how I spent the money. Okay. And see, the worst of it is that the worst is that when they, them, the people that are selling now, if they want to buy from the people that are producing the the tomatoes and everything, mm. they buy it in cheap price and they not sell it in that cost. Oh, you, you, my mommy, you, you, my you, mommy is a farmer. We are farmer. We, uh, we plant in Uju and some other things in Uju State. Okay. But if we want to sell it, we sell it in cheap price. Why others are making it? Data in Lagos because people that are used to buy from us are selling in this Lagos. Mm. I know some of them. But they don't want us to get the access to the market that they are selling. So they rather come and buy for us and come and sell it in Lagos. I was asking the woman, ah, I know you, but you used to buy for us. So the woman said, hey, so you are so, 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 you, so, you, so you think the people who are increasing the prices are Nigerian sellers, huh? Yes, we are the problem of ourselves. Hmm. It's them that are increasing the price because they buy it because of the fuel and uh, do all this taxing of fuel because they increase fuel price and all those problems along the road now. So they rather increase it to make money because they take advantage of everything that happens. So hmm. We use it and make money. Hmm. If it's only us, only us is as they store it in one place. It's not that it's not that it's new or not. It's mm. old or not. Mm. The package so we are making it to be discussed for informatics. My so God. Insane. Ezekiel, thank you for calling me. We've got Ferdinand in Aja. Hello, Ferdinand. Thanks for calling. Oh, good evening. Good Martha. evening. Go ahead. Yeah. 
the problem in this country, I think presently now, is we ourselves are talking about this hardship within ourselves. Because mm. I find out that out of the started of a, a, a tomato, we come with a lot of a 200 or 150. Which a set of tomatoes will be, we are buying a lot of a 15 or 13 or 13. But as I'm talking to you now, everything has changed. I think the problem is not more uh, with the. Uh, I will have put it Well the problem But but you yes, see but, but you see The the, the previous caller said that um, If the if the sellers uh, He said that the sellers are increasing The price of what they are selling Because the fuel they buy uh, Is more expensive now So do you think we are the problems of ourselves Or do you think market prices are just Adjusting to the cost of other things Of course of course. All right, Ferdinand. Thanks for calling. 99.3. Hello. Hello, Sandra. How are you? What's your name? Victoria. Victoria, welcome. Go ahead. Ah, Victoria from Ogun State. Victoria, go ahead. How much does it cost to make jollof rice for you these ah. days? <laughs> Sandra, poor people know to cook jollof rice again, though. <laughs> <laughs> hey, poor people know to cook jollof rice. If you want to cook jollof rice now, mm. ah, you need to owe like 5000 uh-uh. 6,000 because tomatoes and onions, if I onions, mm. uh, Sandra, mm. not be small thing. But God will help us. Amen. I want to contribute concerning what the other guy talk about Ugu. Mm. Mm, Sandra, mm-hmm. Ugu for years. If you want to buy 500 naira own, mm. now suffer. <laughs> suffer. <laughs> because now, you buy 500 naira and come buy what I leave, buy all those things. Mm. You know, we reach even three days. You don't finish. So, all those things, not a problem to us. Ah, wow. But I pray, may God help us. I mean, God will help us. So. He does help us. Victoria, thanks for calling me. We've got Olumiwa in Ajah on the line. Olumiwa, welcome. Sandra. How much does it cost to make jollof rice for you nowadays? Let me calculate. You know, now in my area. So much I say it's one fifty. Right, Jerry. At least at least so <coughs> you spend to five. If no one do concussion no, you spend to five. At least two five to make jollof rice. Sandra, mm? where are we going? I work in construction industry. Mm. Before I start, POP cement four thousand three hundred. Mm. After I start, Eight thousand naira. Wow. Cement was two thousand six hundred before interest. Mm. Now three thousand five hundred. Why? I don't know. But one of my evil guys said this POP cement that they used to import it from abroad. Although they take the material from Nigeria outside, but they bring it abroad. But the Nigeria policy just you know top so many container. They are killing ourselves and they are killing us. Good evening. Good evening. Thank you so much, Olumuiwa, too, for calling us. 99.3. Hello. Hello? Oh, this person's not there yet. OVA is on the line. OVA, thanks for calling. Hello, Sandra. Good evening. Good evening. How are you? I'm all right. Are you you? in the agri business? No, I am not. I am in the transport business. Aha. And uh, while I don't want to defend uh, the middle men, those people who go to buy produce from the farms, mm. to farm sell, like the Ugu farming guy was talking about, mm. I want to say 
Sandra, he doesn't know their overhead. He is just calculating as a as a farmer. Hmm. They will definitely have overhead. Let me give you an example, of, uh, Sandra. Hmm. Normally, I'll take a client mm-hmm. from Lagos to Ibadan before the fuel increase. Uh, Maximum of four thousand naira fuel. Okay. Here's the thing. Here's the thing. I I need to go on a quick break, and if you keep talking, uh, my system is going to cut you off. So, is it possible that you stay on the line after the break? We'll keep talking, or do you want to go and try and call back? No, no, no. I'll stay on the line. (laughs) All right then. Thank you, OVA, for calling, and just stay on the line. You're listening to Hard Facts on ninety nine point three Nigeria Info. Don't go away. 9.3 Nigeria Info. Your number one station for talk. Let's talk. And we're here. Ovier clearing his throat. Ovier, thank you so much for waiting. <laughs> I'm glad you waited. So go ahead. You were telling me about being in the transport business. Exactly. And mm. I was telling you that prior to the fuel increase, mm. that if I was taking, uh, if I was going to Ibadan, right. uh, the maximum I would spend on fuel to and fro mm. was 4000 Mm-hmm. But as it stands, if I uh, spend 7000 on fuel to and fro Ibadan, I am fortunate. Hmm. And so imagine, for instance, Sandra, that I was in the, I was in the agribusness. Right. I'll put all of this cost. Exactly. Onto, exactly. Onto my, onto my, uh, onto the product mm-hmm. and onto the consumer, onto, the, onto whoever I'm selling. So. Yeah. Now, another thing, if you notice, Sandra, your interviewee uh, mentioned that there are three things. When you ask her what are the three changes you uh, she ask made. for. Mm-hmm. She Yeah, she said uh, uh, infrastructure, mm. power, and network. Mm-hmm. That's what she said. Mm-hmm. Sandra, if I'll ask for one more thing, I would ask for a favorable environment for doing business in Nigeria. Last week, I was coming from Ibadan, Sandra, mm-hmm. and at Bega, there was this truck, this trailer that was carrying yams into Lagos. Right. And there were these guys that were holding sticks. You would think it's the, 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 the truck driver was coming under an attack. Hmm. I was, you know, I haven't noticed them before. Yeah. And we are stopping this guy, mm-hmm. obviously to collect money from him. Hmm. The question you ask yourself is that, who are they? On whose behalf do they collect this money? Mm. For what purpose do they collect this money? Mm. At every point, there is somebody who is collecting money from people who are doing business. A woman who goes to altar uh, to buy tomatoes to come and sell in Lagos. Right. As she's coming, before she gets to Lagos, she has paid this levy here, paid that there, paid that there. At the end of the day, she's going to be transferring all of this cost onto the products that she's going to be selling. So we need this measures to be taken by governments to be able to ensure that we have a better economy. A lot of, I, I'm sure there is a video online. I wanted to, I, I, I'll try to tag it to you on, on, on Insta, sorry, on Twitter later on. Okay. Where a woman in Abuja who runs a restaurant, they just went to steal up her restaurant with her staff and customers inside. Hmm. Huh. Yes. It's on social media right now. Do, we know, do we know why? They said that because she didn't, uh, they, uh, they want to see the receipt for, let me try to remember now what was that? The receipt for uh, food handler, food handler's receipt. And she told them, I am in a meeting right now. Uh, we have a head office in Wuse. They went to the Hagwarimpa branch. Mm-hmm. We have our head office in Wuse. All the receipts are there. It's either you want to be taken there so that you see the receipts or wait where you are. I'll call somebody, one of my staff, to bring the receipts over to you. The guys refused. And, and sealed up her place. 
Yes. With customers inside. With her customers inside, Sandra. Whoa. And then she said, because of that, of course, you know, a business person will get agitated. Mm-hmm. She did everything quickly to get to the venue, to her restaurant in Guarimba, to the venue. Mm-hmm. By the time she got there, these guys were gone. And then she called them, okay, please, I'm here now. Can you come back so that we can resolve this issue? She, they said no, that they were not coming back. And before they locked the restaurant, they told her that they had a court order that they were going to be effecting uh-uh. or that she had to pay 250000 in order for them not to lock the restaurant. Do you get that? Yeah. And then she said she doesn't know their office. She doesn't know where they come from. They just tell you that they are armored. Now, these are the kind of policies that, you know, stifle business growth and you know, increase costs in our, in our, in our environment. It, it, it causes a lot of problems. I'm, I'm in transport, mm-hmm. so I can tell you what we go through at the hands of different kinds of people. And at the end of the day, Sandra, you are forced to pay willy-nilly. And where it, it, is, it is inevitable that you are also going to be transferring this cost. And then onions becomes what Sandra will have to fight for in the past. <laughs> <laughs> but, Ovia, do you think that there's something that... Um um, I don't know, businessmen like you can do to force the hand of government to say, I don't know, regulate um, the number of things that you have to pay for. Because I, I, I don't think businessmen and women should have to take the kinds of things that happened to the yam truck uh, uh, coming into Lagos or the woman in Abuja or you who's paying people for your transport business. Well, Sandra, you are putting me at the risk of being labelled a terrorist because the last people who demanded, who tried to force the hand of government for a better society, are right now in hot water. So, uh, oh, okay, bye bye. <laughs> Bye. <laughs> Thanks for calling. Goodbye. Ninety-nine point three. Hello. Hello, Sandra. How are you? What's your name? Yeah, this is Sebastian. Sebastian, welcome. How much does it cost to make jollof for you these days? <laughs> um, Sandra, I, I can't really tell. I think it's been longer than that. Okay. So really ah, what do you eat now? <laughs> um, people does that. So. Okay, go ahead. Yeah. Share your opinion with me. Um, before I think the last caller, I actually agree with uh, everything he, he said, but partially, the things he said, I, will, I don't want to agree with. In like what? The, in terms of the transportation. Okay. So, uh, he can't tell me that he actually spent, uh, he normally spent the 4,000 naira in twenty <sighs> bado, and because he buy fuel space, he has spent 7,000 naira. I think the amount they added in fuel is just 15 naira. And uh, 28 lit- liter of fuel are actually a month for 4,600. Okay. That, that is at, at the rate of a, um, 145 naira. Like hmm. And now it's 160, 151 naira, 160 naira there, but you are matched to 4,607 naira there, but so that, 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 that is that. Um, in the issue of uh, um, how, uh, how things uh, of course, Nigeria. I think I actually. Hello. Yeah, I can hear you. Hmm? I can hear you. Hello, Sebastian. I can hear you. Go ahead. Hello, Sebastian. Oh no, Sebastian uh, stopped hearing me there. Sorry about that. Call back if you can. If you just joined the show, hello, you're listening to Hard Facts on 99.3 Nigeria Info. And we're talking about the cost of food today. Between the border closure and COVID-19 and the lockdowns, we've seen a steady increase in the cost of living for the past five quarters. Our big hard fact today is from SBM Intelligence. And according to them, it now costs on 
on average more than 7,000 naira to cook a pot of jollof rice for a family of five anywhere in Nigeria. What I, I love about um, jollof index is because it's a very simple way to talk about a complex topic uh, like food inflation. So I'm asking those of you who are in the food business, I had a conversation with a farmer, a big farmer here in Nigeria, Mira Meta. She has a farm in, in Kaduna. And we talked about some of the issues with um, the agribusiness in Nigeria. Now, for those of you who are also in the agribusiness, give me a call and share your experience with me. What has food prices been like in your area? If you're not in the food business, at least you need chop food. So how much is food in your area now? What is expensive? What is not expensive? What types of food have been affected the most? If you are a transporter in the food business, if you are um, a processor, if you are in the restaurant business, how far? How market? CJ is in Ogun State. Hello, CJ. Hello, good evening. Good evening, CJ. Welcome. Uh, yes, uh, concerning the food stuff, mm. although here yeah, somehow also exorbitant, very, very costly. Hello? Yes, I can hear you. It's very exorbitant where you are, huh? Yes. Mm. But uh, I wanted to look at uh, the issue of uh, building materials. Maybe you're more than willing between Mama Landlord. Mm. So look at it. Even here in Aton, a bag of cement is now about 3,000. Mm. I bought it almost uh, four or five months ago when you buy less than the cost of 2,500. Mm. So I believe that by next year, even if you come to this good stage, most of the people that rented their shops mm-hmm. that have closed their shops because they cannot afford the price. Mm. And by next year, probably this landlord and the landlords, they will increase the price of uh, their house rent. So it's a very big problem for us. So mm. maybe let's I want you to research and and talk about it. Well, well, this Monday we're talking about quit notice again. I'm bringing those lawyers back to talk about quit notice again. Maybe the next uh, Madam Landlord I'll factor this topic in. Thank you, All right. CJ. All right, thank, thank, you. thank you for calling. 99.3, hello. Hello, Sandra. How are you? Good evening. Hello, good evening, Sandra. Good evening. Can you hear me? Yeah, I can hear you. Now. All right, go ahead. Go ahead. Yeah, this is Chibike calling. Chibike, welcome. Go ahead. Okay, um, quick one. Hmm. Uh, yeah. <laughs> you are talking about uh, um, a pot of rice. I think it depends on the quantity you actually want to cook. Okay. By me, um, probably as a bachelor, I want to cook a, a, a delicate of rice up there. But I think in my area here now, hmm. delicate of rice is sold for 600 naira. Okay. Then the uh, calculation of everything is about uh, a quarter naira. About. about how much? For for how many people? <laughs> Two people, yeah, but. Two people. So so yeah. the, so that research I read out to you said it's for family of five. For family of five, it costs uh, about seven thousand uh, uh, on the average. If you buy if you buy a delivery of rice for six hundred naira, uh, mm. you have to you have probably have to use a. Um, probably turkey or chicken. Nah, go go take turkey or chicken. He na koi ha. just that. I think half, half, that is, I'm going for half kilo of turkey now. I think it's one thousand one hundred now. Yeah. <laughs> Brother. Yeah, half kilo. He cannot talkie. Hey God. <laughs> <laughs> no, I just, I just like we have to cook now. Yeah, we are cooking now. So <laughs> that. that, that. <laughs> Hey, 
it's not it's not it's not really only that. Um, I think uh, um the, the the actually the problem of course of a living in Nigeria is uh, uh, people are talking about building somebody who's who's who actually sells a cement have to buy rice too. Mm. You have to buy you have to buy all that thing. So if, if if you don't meet up to your demand, mm. so that good demand can be what they are what, what they are selling. So you have to also increase your own. And I think the the major problem the major problem we are having now is a um, closure of border. I think this, this issue started when we are talking. It's that I actually called, but I couldn't. I was unable to get through to your your your, your station, your studio. So Sorry. yesterday, the, the major problem is closed now. But before the border closure, we know how much a, a piece of tomato is sold in Nigeria. I think it was two two fifty naira. And it's not even some names you see this day self. I don't want to mention I do advice for anybody. As some names you see this day self, they are safe for one fifty. We won't even like ah why. So before then, a two pairs of tomato is sold for 15 naira before mm. the closure of, of border. When I, I actually stayed at our job before I moved down to on the island here. So two pairs of tomato is sold for 15 naira then. Mm. Um, um, a, a bag of rice at times then. No, I don't know how much they sell it here then because I think things are more expensive here compared to where, where I was coming from. It was actually 15 naira and that is foreign rice, not local rice. So... Yeah, but after the closure of border, things just went up. I think that is the number one major problem we have with the closure of border because what we produce in this country is not enough for us for, for us to close the border. So that is actually the major problem is the closure of border. I think that is where the issue is coming from. If they have to open the border until we have enough to mm. feed ourselves, mm. then the border can be closed. Good evening, my sister. Good evening, Sebastian. Thank you for calling me. 99.3, hello. Ah, me Sandra. Well, <laughs> welcome. <laughs> ah, Sandra, Sandra, Sandra. Sa, sa, sa. Let, let me, let me, let me appreciate you. I won't, I won't blame you. <laughs> I know it's not your fault. Monday, good topic. Tuesday, pretty good topic. Yes, it is same. So today again, and it's painful that people would have something to contribute, but they don't have the opportunity to get through. <laughs> Maybe you should find a way of providing an opportunity for them to have a, a, an open day so that they can bring up their own thoughts oh. on issues discussed that they have missed. Abi, okay. We, we, we can try that. Two, number, mm. two, number two, I wanted to bring Benisola and the other guy from uh, the business world mm. to come and look at the policy aspect of what your guest spoke on all of these issues. You mm. understand? Mm. We'll because do that on like Monday. COVID, We're doing that on Monday. Like COVID said, like COVID said mm. I'm sure they will call us terrorists. But the truth is that we are not terrorists. We are looking for a better country. Mm. We can call our home. Mm. We have a little of right now from Ikeja. You see, number one, I agree with uh, your guest, but she has, she has only factored problems in her own area. But she did talk about banditry. And maybe eight men come out clash. I'm sure in areas like the southwest here, south south, and the part of south here, because whether you like it or not, irrespective of how voluminous their productivity is in the area of agriculture, they still find a way of contributing to the food supply. You understand? Mm. So the people in Benue, the people in I mean part of Plateau Kogi and the rest that are being rabbit by eight men. Don't you think that is going to cut down the supply of food available? That's one. So in uh, then number two, the area of the border uh, closure. The last girl I was talking about that has been so far. I remember last year, before August, I mean before the closure, I bought rice for about thirteen thousand. Cut on rice now. 
But today, that same rice is about 42,000. I mean, 42,000 from 36 and 42,000. Yeah, the same rice. So the thing is that the Nigeria claims that we are food sufficient, and the answer is no, we are not food sufficient. And now, the reason I'm bringing the area of policy to eat is that government has been boasting about anchor borrowers for anchor borrowers for Lagos State, Lake, and I mean, I mean, Lake, Lagos State, and Kebira, that is Lake Christ, whatever. And all of these are not there. Who is going to put all this money given to them? I, 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 I'm, I'm not sure now. There was a report in the daily, one of the dailies, that about 350 billion was hold by farmers. You understand? Hmm. So the government or whatever. And we need the transparency. Who is monitoring what? Who is measuring what? Transparency is talk about data. Where are the statistics? We don't have the statistics. But today, if you look at the poverty index, then you can see that Nigeria today, we are over 110 million people living in abject and multi-dimensional poverty. Hmm. And look at the rate between last year and now. Last year it was about maybe 70-something thousand to the, I mean, 70 million. We have added about 30 million. Okay, now, for instance, let me give you another statistics now. When Buhari came in in 2015, the same lines I'm talking about for about 7,000, 6,000 then. Suddenly, it went to like 13,000. Hmm. 20,000. Meters came back to 30,000. But today, it's about 40,000. If you now look at the inflation index now, if we're talking about 800%, just in about five and a half years, who is monitoring what? How do you measure performance of a government? Then people will now come on the street, you now tag them terrorists. Are we going to die upon Look at the kind of looting that happened. Look at the look, look at the look at the issue of uh, the looting of uh, the COVID materials and whatever. Hmm. Let me let me now give you go to this because if you talk about importation as in I give you some people some kind of satanic waivers against the interests of others. In twenty eleven, when the Nakan won election, cement was selling for about six hundred and five hundred thousand naira. That is 2011. Immediately it came. Cement and went to Jonathan and they find a way of coercing it into agreeing to them. Suddenly that price jumped to 1,500, some 2,000, some 2,000, later 2,005. And now look at where we are. So who, who is sitting in power just for the interest of the people? Nobody is sitting for our interest. And we cannot continue to be wrong in the manner that we have been going all this way. We are not foolish people. You understand? It's a way of telling us, you guys are not smart. You guys are foolish. They are bred of ideas. So whatever, we're going to force down your truth. Ukraine and Africa, you must just take it. It shouldn't be. So my worry is this. Mm. Bring your uh, and the other guy, bring them, let them come and interrogate the policy of the government versus what your, your your food uh, and food person said. Mm. Then if you can find a way again, bring Mudai to the SCCI because they found against the concession given to Dangote and the other guy. Mm-hmm. So the way the, the, the everything we have is a catastrophe and it's a leadership disaster. Sincerely speaking, if you had a better government, we wouldn't go through all this problem. Finally, the Southwest they say governor, finally. <laughs> the the Southwest governors, mm. they are failures. They are all huge disappointments. They cannot feed us. And every time you come and be talking about, I mean, uh, what, do you, what, do you, what is the word now? The structure, the structure. You cannot even feed yourself. You have to depend on other regions before you can feed ourselves. They are all failures. 
Good evening. Good evening. Thanks for calling. Prince Leo Zoma says, Nigeria's food problems are multifaceted. Government should have allowed local producers to get to a near sufficient point of our local requirements before closing of our borders. Again, farmers are not protected in their farms because of the incessant attacks by bandits and herdsmen. These are the issues and only government can solve them. Uh, Afoma says, this is the first time uh, she's seen me. Ah, where have you been, Afoma? You should watch us more on Facebook. Uh, Namdi Eseka says, I think we have to start farming onions, tomatoes and other soup ingredients here in the West because I'm getting fed up of what is happening right now. May we not suffer from malnutrition. Uh, we've got uh, George Benjamin who says, Sandra, the major reason why the price of foodstuffs were high is because the bandits are asking for high price money from the farmers and the northern governors are shying away from this. I give my wife 10,000 uh, over 10,000 naira to cook a pot of soup or rice. So I'm not bothered as long as God provides for me. Only God will help us. George Benjamin is in Lekki. Yeah, I saw that headline as well where um, bandits uh, basically hold the farms hostage and the farmers have to pay hundreds of thousands of naira to be able to use their farmlands and and this is happening in a lot of the places where our food comes from it's insane we've got um, bam daniel who says we can actually use um spicy tea for jollof whenever we make it i don't know what spicy tea is and if that's a brand you just made me call it brand on air i will beat you kufra james says we must look far from the north when it comes to food uh time to start looking inwards we've got more comments here orlado kunurudin says the average cost of preparing uh jollof rice must be with millionaires in mind fact is the average income of nigerians is less than twenty thousand naira monthly all right a lot of queens talking about um uh, the seven thousand naira average price that uh, sbm intelligence put out and a lot of queens says this jollof rice is beyond the reach of all nigerians except the rich the best people like us do is prepare concussion Mm. But concussion rice mixes dino. And they chop concussion rice. I like and well, well. Michael Babajare says, Sandra, I can see the word of God prevailing right now over heavy suffering in Nigeria. Okay. Uh, well, thank you for seeing the word of God. Um, Ola Tumbosu Ginwa says, Nigerian factor has confused me on how to prepare real jollof rice. I can hardly differentiate between jollof rice and concussion. <laughs> Jason Enak says, concussion shop pasu sends leaf red oil with smoked fish. Because it's difficult at this point to be send, spending so much for jollof rice. It's not possible. Concussion rice is bay. See, take it from me. Concussion rice is amazing. Especially when you use like smoked scumbia. Smoked scumbia like this. Oh God. Yeah, maybe I'll make that. No, I'm on a diet account. No, Sandra, behave. All right. More comments on on uh, Facebook. Douglas Nathan says, my people's things have increased in the market. Before, 15,000 cooked jollof rice. Now, uh, no, sorry. Before, 1,500 cooked jollof rice. Now, with 5,000, it is with a bag. On WhatsApp, we have a few thoughts as well. Let's take a look at some of them. Um... Hmm. Sandra, the money 
Oh no, these are messages from earlier today. Actually, they're not messages from right now. But hey, thank you to everybody who has uh, contributed uh, to the show today. You've been amazing. Let's do it again tomorrow. Tomorrow, we'll let Nigeria rest and take a look at international stories. So Trump will probably feature uh, because a lot of amazing things are happening in America right now. So tomorrow, three o'clock, let's have that conversation. I'm S. Ezekwesili on Twitter and Instagram. Sandra Ezekwesili on Facebook. Until tomorrow when I am back on your air legals, those were your hard facts. Good night. It's okay. It's okay. It's okay. No, it's okay. Let me explain. It's okay. It's okay. She's off the mic. On 99.3 Nigeria Info, your mic is always on. Let's talk.